0: Ah, uh, Welcome back, everyone, to the Sutraset Podcast, part of the Finnish First Media Network. Go check out our website. Uh, this is your co-host, Austin. Joined with fellow co-host...
1: Brandon Alessio. Austin, how do you,
0: what do you think of that intro? Uh, it was great. I can't wait to hear it when we uh, edit the video. In post. Edit the video. <laughs> I was vibing, and that probably doesn't make any sense. Uh, today is 8-26. It is a Wednesday. 2020, the year of terrible. As one would expect, uh, we have our opening Brandon monologue that we have to start with, as always. Uh, and today, the discussion for Brandon is: I want you to describe—describe, describe, excuse me—your ideal hand soap. Um,
1: I'd say one that smells good. I know good is subjective, so maybe a nice. I wouldn't say
0: lavender because lavender smells like old people. So I just want you to also explain, are we talking uh, a foam soap? Are we talking a liquid? Um, maybe the colors? It depends. What in are, the, we, what are
1: the, we looking for here? In the privacy of your home, I think foam is fine. I don't like foam outside of the home, if that makes sense. But then again, the gel soap is kind of gross too. Like I just feel like at a restaurant when you're using, it, it's like, ugh. So I guess all soap there is kind of, maybe it's just because the bathrooms suck. I don't know. But I'd, I'd say a nice red one. Nice red one, maybe smells of a fruit perhaps Strawberry maybe I don't know, I haven't put much thought into this Because I didn't know this question was coming Maybe
0: I'll rephrase, what is currently in your bathroom? At Uh, home, the personal use One with a unicorn on it (laughs) What scent? I don't know Fair enough And that was our opening monologue from Brandon Or opening question, whatever you want to call it probably help if i knew what a monologue clearly
1: clearly i'm not um it's a a soliloquy except there are other people on stage did i meet
0: the requirements no okay well (laughs) we learn something every week so for today's episode we are going to be going over our top 20 tight ends of the 2020 season um expect a great list expect some shocks some oohs some ahs some you're an idiots uh that being said we're gonna count down from twenty to one PPR rankings, Brandon. Give us your number twenty.
1: Uh, well, first off, my number twenty-one is leaving a like. Um, if everyone could do that, that'd be fantastic, and share with your friends too. But my number twenty is Johnny Smith. Actually, Johnny Smith has been kind of hyped up a little bit. However, I'm not really seeing much of it. Um, the past game, especially towards the late end or the late part of the season last year for the Titans was relatively non-existent, and he's flying around the. 10 to 15 range for tight ends and i don't see him as a very viable option i mean there is no delaney walker which helps him out a decent amount so i could see him i guess maybe moving up a little but for adp i don't think he's somebody you really want number 19 we have the consistently mediocre at best jack doyle um, oh, come on. He, the most receiving yards he's had is like 700. The most touchdowns he's had is five. You
0: tried playing with Jacoby Brissett.
1: Either, for one year. Either way, he he's just been kind of like meh. The, the definition of meh for the past better part of a decade, maybe five years. And he's just not an exciting pick. Uh, he might see a little more success with Phillip Rivers just because Rivers does like to use the tight ends, especially like last season, Hunter Henry, he used him quite a bit. But, I again, I don't
0: – the lower part of this list I don't have much faith in. Not, not not in my list, but the players on the list. Thankfully, you're only going to probably be starting somebody from the top 12 in any given week. Yeah. I guess on a bye, maybe 15 or something. That, but that's the goal. These are pretty deep uh, Yeah, would be kind of the uh, takeaway. That's there. why
1: we we only went to 20 because, like, most of these guys – t- it's like two tight ends in a tight end mm-hmm. in a 10-man league. But following him or preceding him, I guess – We have Eric Ebron. Um, He wasn't very good last year. He was pretty disappointing considering the year prior he had 13 touchdowns, which I know is an anomaly. But I think in the uh, Pittsburgh's offense, I think that he can find more success than he had last year. Although, like, his 13-touchdown season he had 700 yards, so I'd like to see him do that again. But he's one of those guys where he's on the best offense he's been on his career, so maybe he'll be able to get some of that spark back. Number 17 is a guy I'm going to avoid like the plague, and that is Rob Gronkowski. Oh. I have very little faith in him. Um, about five years ago, when he was a lot younger and more fit, he would get hurt constantly. And now he's just significantly older, and I assume in worse shape. I guess I haven't been keeping up with him much because I want nothing to do with him. But he's essentially being drafted for his name and for what he did do, but he's not being drafted for what's expected of him, which I don't expect much and the final one on my list which i could see him moving up a bit and that is chris hemden or herndon herndon excuse me the r and the n kind of merged together but it's chris herndon and he had a relatively impressive rookie season a couple years ago all things considered he only started a few games and still ended up around 600 yards and or 500 yards four touchdowns and 56 receptions which isn't anything incredible but very very rarely are rookie tight ends fantastic so with that being said um in his second year he played he had two targets and got hurt for the rest of the year, so he's a guy with I think decent upside. One problem is he is in the Jets, so
0: mm-hmm. that might that might hold him in be a little any worse bit. Than last year, right? He should at least have some kind of upside.
1: Well, yeah, he had one catch for seven yards. Ceiling <laughs> <See,
0: like, laughs> when your repla- has been set. Yeah, very low. when
1: you're replacing nothing, that makes you something, and that is Chris Herndon.
0: That is an official Suit Yourself podcast guarantee. Yeah, <laughs> Chris Herndon will be better than last year guaranteed and if he's not that we will that's
1: gonna be tough cancel
0: the podcast yeah he, he is not
1: all we need is two catches or one catch for more than seven yards yeah, which again it's... i don't think I'm, that's asking much
0: you, you know you wouldn't think
1: but... but coming out of new york it's asking a decent amount mm. but yeah, those are those are my um first five or i guess the top half of Ooh. the top 20 or top quarter of the
0: top 20 so i will go ahead and start uh my just like yours my number 20 starts with Jonah smith as well Um, Or Johnny Smith, excuse me. Um, Again, I think the Titans' pass offense is going to be a lot better, especially with uh, Mariota out of the picture. Um, I I still expect them to be heavily run first, like we talked about in the wide receiver episode, but I still expect him to have quite a few yards and put up some good stats. Um, Again, he's the number 20, so I'm not saying necessarily to even draft him, but I think he's a good, I I don't know why I'd call him a high upside, but a good kind of flyer guy um, for this season. Uh, my number 19 is actually going to be Kyle Rudolph. It does not feel good putting him here. I have not liked Kyle Rudolph in a long time. Um, it's just hard not to with his – I mean, he had six touchdowns last year. Um, we're going to be looking at Irv Smith Jr. in a second, but it's Ooh. just hard not to have him – you know, I mean, he still had over 350 yards and six touchdowns, and obviously he, him and Kirk Cousins have good rapport, so I don't really expect that to stop. Um, so I think that he's kind of a safe play at a very, I would say very low upside play, but he's a pretty safe pick at number 19. Um, I have Earth Smith next at 18. Uh, I think he's just going to increase his usage, uh, in that offense uh, again with Kyle Rudolph in front of him. It's not an overly ideal situation. If Kyle Rudolph was out of the picture, he'd obviously be ranked a lot higher, but he does show a lot of promise. And I think one day he's going to be a very good option. Uh, just for right now I don't think you know he's a guy with potentially higher ceiling but just for right now the floor seems to be pretty low with him uh, number 17 I actually have Greg Olson here um, you know this one just didn't feel right and I, I don't like having him at 17 but he was actually able to put together 600 yards and two touchdowns last season and sadly for a tight end that's actually pretty. surprisingly great. and the the Seahawks used the tight end quite a bit last year I know that disley was hurt and luke wilson got hurt and every single player on that team got hurt so then they got the third most injury prone but <laughs> Tight end. he actually played i think all 16 games last year he played 15 or 16 so he uh i i know he's going into i believe his 13th year or something like that but I-ish. he's he is definitely on the senior end of the the nfl right now but i still think he can be productive and still put up some decent yards again he's number 17 not number two so uh, i think he's a relatively safe play there who's you know, has limited upside, but he's still proven over the years that he can still get it done. Uh, And then my number 16 is going to be Jack Doyle. I'm actually probably more excited about Jack Doyle than Brandon is, even though I don't really have him ranked that much more excitedly. Not saying much. Um, I think Philip Rivers is going to help him out a lot. As we talked a little about, you know, you talked a little bit about Hunter Henry. Uh, He does go to the tight end quite a bit. And I think that Jack Doyle is is a good safe option. And uh, he does get touchdowns and he does put up you know, pretty decent yards every year. And so uh, I think that you could do a lot worse than him, uh, and he's going to be my number 16. And then for my final one, uh, at number 15, I have Tyler. that. – That is your final one. Oh, excuse me. I, I get this wrong every single episode. Uh, and and now, since we have went through the first top five, Brandon has a question. I believe it might be a user question that for he the, is going to – It's for the people. He is going to present to the podcast. Here. Now, this
1: one, wasn't, this one wasn't much of a question. It was more of a – um, more of a headline or a statement, mm. but I wanted—I thought it was a pretty decent one. Well, let's and hear it. I'm I'm very excited about this. the The statement was: the only tight ends you should be targeting are Evan Engram, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, and Mike Gesicki. G- Gass- yeah, Gesicki. Um, he based this off of ADP and off of skill. Um, Sweet. not not by only skills so like obviously the top two are obviously Kittle and like Kelsey are going to be better than those guys Mm -hmm. most likely. But for where they're being drafted, he's saying that you shouldn't draft them. Can you repeat the list? I would love to. It is the only tight ends you should be targeting are Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, and Mike Gesicki.
0: (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't necessarily hate what he's saying there, but, uh, It all depends how you feel about tight ends. Mm -hmm. I think if you can get them in a good spot, they can definitely help win you your league. You know, if you're getting guys that can consistently get double digits every week, that's huge.
1: For example, Travis Kelsey is being – I'm sorry, I need to – I'm not on. Travis
0: Kelsey also put up 1,200 yards and five touchdowns on a down year for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah. Let me see. I had the wrong filter on for the – calculator uh,
0: while you're looking that up i would also like to point out that oh, he
1: moved down one spot so travis kelsey is being drafted in ppr at the number 21 overall in george kittle at the
0: 25 really yep so i have not looked at ppr at all that's kind of wild because i remember last year he was in discussion for being a first draft you know in a first round pick
1: and he had a good season yeah
0: that's really strange and I,
1: I think this, this draft is still super deep
0: yeah it definitely feels like it um i would say that if you could get travis kelsey outside of the top 15 i'd probably take him I mean, I'm sure there's a good argument to make that you could take him at number, you know, ten or something too. At
1: this point, it let's say Travis Kelsey, because a lot of people don't value the tight end, he falls a couple spots, and you could have pick one, and you could still, if you're lucky, it's like a stretch, but you could swing back and get Kelsey as your number two.
0: Where, uh, where is George Kittle getting drafted? Again, I we four have not spots looked at the four ADP spots below this. him. So he's about in the beginning of the third. He's round? twenty-five. So, yeah, so third-round third pick one. Ooh, that's pretty nice.
1: So, in theory, let's say, hypothetically, Kelsey drops three or four spots, which I think is relatively, I wouldn't say common, but like it, it could happen. And you could essentially swing in and get McCaffrey, who was about 10 points better than the alternative. And then you can get Kelsey, who's at least five points yeah, And then with your third pick, you could swing and get Lamar Jackson, who was about seven or eight points better than the alternative two.
0: So what I think about this question more so is I think that based on where these tight ends are getting drafted, I think they're all kind of a good deal.
1: Because Ertz, yeah, Ertz is fifth
0: round. But to be fair to the question, if you were to play the game he's suggested, um, I think he's missing out on – again, I would need to hear his list again. But I think uh, – Um. Hayden Hurst, Jared Cook, and Dallas Scott are three guys that he did not mention mm. that for their ADP I think would be a very nice addition and and guys that I see as being very high upside.
1: Same goes for um, this guy's actually drafted behind most of those guys, and that's Tyler Higby. He's being picked at pick 92 on average. Well, Tyler Higby
0: is, is my number 15 coming into this segment. So oh. I'm coming in with all the heat. I say it's getting a little hot in here. I know and it's not because we're in jackets in a hot room. It partially is, but It's hot in every sense. So, uh, you... did you have any final thoughts on that? I those are kind of my I I agree to
1: with an to an extent. I wouldn't say like I wouldn't take Kittle at 25. I have a lot more faith in Kelsey than Kittle. So, if if I, I could get Think I do as well. If I could get Kelsey somewhere around there, I don't I'm not saying I would. Like if it would be like, "Oh, mike evans or travis kelsey i'd take kelsey so it's it all depends um and then mark andrews at 43 i wouldn't want him there Ertz at 52 yeah you that's know mark fine
0: andrews had 10 touchdowns last year yeah okay
1: like zach Ertz is fine at 50 darren waller is in the sixth round i think that's fair so like I, I I agree for the most part. I wouldn't say the only tight I ends do like a lot of these, tight but I'd rankings. say I'd say um, not the only tight ends you should target, but I'd say the primary tight ends you should target. And maybe I, add one or two. This is.
0: Can you just tell me what the ADP for Gronk is?
1: Gronk, it, it shouldn't be a number, but it's a sixth round pick.
0: So does it
1: Evan it, Ingram's behind him? Oh no! Hayden Hurst is behind him. Oh no! Tyler Higby's behind okay. him. Hunter Henry's behind him. Okay, well, and essentially every other. Okay, wait, well, what,
0: what what tight end is that? As projected, everybody thought.
1: Oh, a, that's disrespectful. Okay, we have one, two, three.
0: He's I, the number six tight
1: end. Yeah, that is yeah, so stupid.
0: I would almost like to draft him to reach. And with the hope that he'd have one good game, and then trade him to somebody Immediately, who really wanted him. Yes, like he puts idiot. up like a 15 point game, and just like get out of here. It's like
1: TJ Hawkinson is getting picked at 140, 148. 148. Well, I'd much rather have TJ, T.J. Nothing, Hawkinson than
0: him. I would not. I have nothing nice to say about TJ Hawkinson.
1: Well, fine, but even like if we were to look at like most ranks, like ESPN, for instance, Hawkinson is about the same as um, Gronk in like by like the pro analysts list, and he's getting picked 80 picks further back mm-hmm. so it's like that's that's the beef i have with gronk but yeah i guess that kind of answers the question we we kind of kind of went around it a bit but yeah those are all fine options
0: great question by the way
1: actually where's Gasicki at i like Gasicki this year where, where which pixie yeah his... he is
0: my number 10 goodness that's six
1: he is really far back okay um oh he's 153 okay that that is disrespectful so that's a 15th rounder
0: 13th 13th round, right? I can't count. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh let's how about we jump back to our rankings? Is that are you finished? No, that's good. Okay. Let's how about we jump back to our rankings here? Um, would you like to go ahead and give us your number 15?
1: Yeah, I just accidentally clicked off it. Here we go. Okay. So my my number 15 is Hayden Hurst, which I know might be a little bit of a hot take. A, A warm. A when you say pick.
0: hot take, are you saying hot as in most people have him ranked higher in I terms think, of closer to one? I think or people you think like he's him ranked behind. Them?
1: I think people like him more than I like him. Was the consensus I got? Okay,
0: so you you're saying you think people think he might be a top seven or something ish? Yeah. Okay.
1: okay. So he he's one of those guys where um he's replacing Austin Hooper, and they used Austin Hooper a lot last year, and however he's never played more than fifty eight percent of the snaps in a single game or shared snaps. And last season he was 39, but I assume that'll go up. And even with that 39%, he put up relatively decent numbers. Uh, He's a clear cut starter. He has very high efficiency numbers. His catch rate is almost at 80%, which is also really good. So he's one of those guys I could see going up. But right now I just have him low. And as time goes on, like he has potential to be a guy who, Mm
0: -hmm. and for
1: tight end 15, I, I like him for tight end 15. Number 14, I just mentioned him is Austin Hooper. He was a top five tight end when playing last year. His production is going to most likely go down due to the Browns having so many mouths to feed. Strangely, they have so many talented options and they can't score points. But I guess that's a topic for another day. How He's, about
0: Hobbs, hot, hot take on my end? He is not ranked in my top 20. Ooh,
1: It's the thing. I mean, it. I could see that. I mean, with
0: David and Juku around. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, let's see. Here. I but, actually think he might be okay this year, but that's. I'll save that for he's not ranked high for me at all. I'm just
1: I uh, yeah, he David's one of those guys I feel like every year he's kind of hyped and then every and he never does anything. Mm-hmm. But he's he was number 5 in receptions last year. He's number 6 in receiving yards, 3 in red zone catches, 4 in touchdowns. Like he he was good and all and he missed I think 4 games and like before those 4 games, he was top 3 tight end um mm-hmm. fantasy-wise. So I feel like he's he, he could be one of those guys who's like a big big sleeper cuz no one's too hot on him. But I I don't I'd say it's like a one to three odds that he is a sleeper, but there's still that potential. Uh, Number 13 is Dallas Goddard. Uh, I put in the notes, he's essentially the tight end version of Kareem Hunt where Zach Ertz gets hurt a lot. Mm -hmm. So if he were to replace him, he'd be fine. But at the same time, as a backup, he's still like, I think, um, I think Ertz only missed one game last year and Goddard was still number nine in receptions, 10 in yards.
0: Ertz is always like somehow pretty durable
1: five after catch, six in red zone catches and eighth and touchdowns, and this was all as the number two guy. So he's one of those guys like if Urch were to somehow get hurt, he'd go way up. But either way, last year's production, even as the backup, he was still just fine.
0: Number Do you, uh do you think with the with, you know, the additions of Rieger and, you know, Algalore hopefully playing some more and you know what I mean? Like do you I think, want him to play less. And with Deshaun Jackson. Well I'm just saying with, with the oh. additions of these players, do you think that because, you know, when you traditionally think of the Eagles, you think of a team with that's always wide receiver depleted. I mean, I know they, they lost Algalor. Not that he ever caught anything, but...
1: They gained by losing. It. That's addition by <laughs> subtraction gained, right there. are gaining targets. Yeah. They're
0: gaining... Uh, are you worried at all that maybe they're going to...
1: I'm really not, because the from- deep ball, which is Deshaun Jackson's bread and butter, was never had any effect on Goddard. If anything, it'll just keep him on the field more. And Algalor, he is the least threatening player. Like in mm. the NFL. Like Have if you you're losing, cootie? Yeah. Um, okay. If, if you're losing, if you're losing work to Aguilar, you, you got a problem. But my number 12 goes to Noah Fant. He's one of those guys. A lot of people are high on and I kind of get it, but at the same time, I'm still a little iffy. He his rookie season. Wasn't great. Um, he only had three games in double figures to fantasy wise. And a lot of people are expecting him to make the jump with that offense being so much better. And I could see that definitely. But like a lot of people have him around I think the six to seven range. So I think twelve is like I still don't have that much faith in him, but around the twelve area I think's fair. And the last one's gonna be Mike Gesecki. He again, like a lot of these guys, like we're talking about Fitz last week. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Devontae Parker last week. Like a lot of the Dolphins players were like low key kind of underrated. I mean, I think everyone just bought into the narrative, oh, the Dolphins suck, so I mean they haven't like don't like avoid dolphins players. But Geseki wasn't wasn't bad. Uh, the second half of the season, he was fantastic. He had five double digit games in the second half of the season alone, which for tight ends, pretty good. He was number three in deep targets, which I never viewed Mike Gusecki as a deep ball threat, but apparently he, I guess being targeted doesn't mean you're a threat, but Mm. Aguilera would know, but he was number seven in targets. Uh, the dolphins again, surprisingly ranked number four in pass attempts. And that's one thing that kind of worries me. I feel like now that they have like a couple of like, okay, running backs that maybe they'll, throw the ball less, which might hurt Giseki, which is why I brought him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think he's a sleeper because he had an underrated um, season last year. And looking at my ranks now, I have Jared Cook ahead of him, which, spoiler alert, but I'd probably move Jared Cook to the 11 and move Giseki up because I, I just was thinking about it, and I, that's prob- I'd that's i have more faith in Gusecki than Jared Cook.
0: Um, A question for you. Yeah. Are we going to see – uh, Taysom Hill in your top 10.
1: Hell no. <laughs> Absolutely not. I saw him listed as a tight end on other rankings.
0: He's been listed. He's always been listed. Yeah, as what? Tight end. For,
1: for his, like, six catches on the season and 100 yards? Like, ooh, wow. Like, no. The jack of all trades is the master of none. He's the ultimate gimmick player of all time. Like, oh, oh. Well, he blocks one punt in the season. He catches two touchdowns and rushes for a touchdown. Everyone's like, he, he can passes, do it.
0: He like, throws. Like, he
1: can do it all. No, he can't. He can do everything poorly, but they'd keep shoving him in there for some mm. reason. I'm pretty sure if you put OBJ at quarterback, he could throw a touchdown pass. I bet if you lined him up on the edge, Give, he could he could block a punt now, eventually.
0: This is what the people are here for. Give us an NBA comp. He's like the T- he's help. like the TJ McConnell. Mm. Like yeah, like TJ McConnell, the, like the Doug McDermott. He no, because Doug McDermott
1: like is I'm just, deficient at everything. But like mm. TJ McConnell, he could he'll get a couple rebounds. That might
0: be the best compliment you've ever given given him. Oh, that you he's they,
1: completely deficient at everything. You said
0: he's deficient at everything, it's so he's thing, not like, like tasty. He's that. like
1: okay at everything. He's not good at anything. He's okay. Like, like oh, he, that, like he recovered a fumble. It's like, well, yeah, like anybody. That compliment
0: a lot. Anybody
1: me. can recover a fumble. Like, oh, yeah, oh, Drew
0: Brees. You think Drew Brees can I get down there? He probably has. See Michael Thomas getting down there.
1: Probably. But like, oh well he blocks he blocks one field goal, he catches I think two touchdowns, rushes in a touchdown, and throws for one. Everyone's like, Oh, he's so good at everything. It's like, no, if you were good at quarterback, he'd be playing quarterback. If oh. you're good at receiver, he'd be playing receiver. But he's not. He's just you don't
0: like Cordell Patterson either.
1: No, he, yeah, he's he's Cordell Patterson. He, that's exactly who he is. The guy who like isn't really good at anything, but good enough to stick around all the mm-hmm. time. But yeah, he's the T J McConnell of the NFL. Um so yeah, I guess I I technically gave away my since I switched him around, I'll just give my Jared Cook thing real oh. quick. So, it's one extra no. for the people. But, yeah, Jared Cook, I guess, is number 11. I'm moving Giseki up to 10. Um, say, yeah, Jared Cook put up good numbers last year. He's in, like, yards and touchdowns. I don't like him, though. He's super high risk for me. I don't trust him one bit. He had a game where he had three catches, 87 – or 84 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't trust that at all. Oh. He was number 14 in receptions last year, which – was three receptions per game, which is nothing, and he was number two in touchdowns, which is something that again is very scary. He had five red zone catches, which ranked number twenty four, and somehow ended with nine touchdowns. Like it, there, it's all of his numbers seem super like fraud, in the sense where it's like he catches five balls in the red, so he had four tu- at least a minimum of four touchdowns outside of the red zone for a tight end. That's not happening again. Maybe one if he's lucky, but I, I'm I'm not buying it. Um, he he had some of the better numbers last year, but yeah, I don't trust him this season. Jerry Cook, no, especially where he's getting drafted.
0: You should see his stats every year. Dude puts up, dude's very disrespected. He puts up numbers every. I don't year. like him. Even like, it, if you're 14
1: in receptions and two in touchdowns, I don't trust that. Mm. Which is when we get to uh, Mark Andrews, I'll also be speaking on that. But.
0: Uh, yeah, there was that tight end for the Colts. Uh, who was that? Or was Ebron a couple of years yeah, ago? Yeah, Like
1: 700 out. yards and 13 touchdowns, the and guess what Ebron. happened the next year? I traded him in Dynasty. Yeah, he had 500 yards and like two touchdowns the next season So go, oh, yeah.
0: Alright, so I will start at my number 15. I've already hinted at it, but it's Tyler Um, I honestly do think that this is one that I could be proven wrong about later on. Uh, hand up. I am not... This is one I think that he's probably going to outdo what I, where I have him ranked, but... I'm going to do my ranks justice and hold him to the ranking.
1: I respect the transparency.
0: You know, got a hedge. Uh, number 14, I have Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski excuse me. Um, I think people forget that he still had like 700 yards in his last season with Tom Brady. That was like two years ago, though. I, it was still uh, – I think he's going to hopefully be better now just because he's – There's also more mouths to once. feed, too. No, and I totally get that. I just – I think that he's – while everybody else overranks him, I think there's a group of people that underrates him, if that makes sense. I think the he's one of the more polarizing players in terms of the haters and the lovers. Wait, I hate him just because he's being drafted. He's either, like, number 20 or number, you know what I mean, 5. And yeah. I feel like there's nobody in the middle on him. So I think that he presents a relatively high ceiling, um, but there's a lot of risk. We don't know if he's going to be any good. Again, I don't know how he wouldn't be. Um I'm one of the people who thinks he's going to look better than he did because he's actually had for the first time in his career a chance to get like legitimately healthy, and uh, to rehab and just to kind of get right. But it's just
1: tough with the ADP. Like you can behind him on ADP, you can get Michael Gallup, Julian Edelman. Oh, no, no. Evan Ingram. I, no, no, guys he's like not going to end
0: up on any of my teams. Like Fair I enough. said, at 14, nobody's. He's not making it to 14 because in every league there's at least one or two guys that are like, oh my gosh, it's Gronk. I need to bet my number you know yeah. as the fifth tight end. So I'm never going to get him, but I would be comfortable with there with him there, and I think he presents enough upside where, you know, if you're drafting him as the fifth tight end, I don't think his ceiling is high enough to justify that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's there, but there's more of a risk uh, than anything there. So um, uh, number 13, I have Blake Jarwin from the Cowboys. Uh, I expect the Cowboys to move the rock a lot, just like they did last year, uh, and I'm expecting him to be a big part of that. I know Jason Witten, as much as I hate to say it, uh, he actually did take some of the passing work last year, and so <laughs> – Obviously, I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting Jarwin to pick up for the lost uh, yards this year and kind of take over those. And I'm expecting him to emerge from that uh, from the team there. And just uh, I think he's going to be a lot better. And he has actually a relatively high floor as well, or high ceiling. And obviously, not like anybody in the top eight or so. But I think you know you can do a lot worse at number thirteen. Uh, at number twelve, I have Noah Fant. Uh, I'm all about. The quarterback situation there, mm-hmm. I think that with that being switched up with uh, Drew Locke, I think he opens up a lot more potential that we didn't see. I mean, was it just last year Flacco started? Yeah, it was. I mean, for goodness sake. I, there's. I just think it's going to be a lot better situation for him. Another year of experience, and he's going to have a, a lot bigger chance to show uh, what he can do. And I think he's going to make the most of it on an offense that is – Way better.
1: I thought it, um, it could just be because he's from the Broncos. He could do, like, the Julius Thomas thing from mm-hmm. back in the day where they have so many good weapons around them where it's like, oh, well, he stumbled into 10 touchdowns or, well, or he fell into 12. That or... is
0: a fair point that the Broncos' offense, I would say, is actually kind of a scary offense now. And so I would, you know, I think that he's going to benefit from that as mm-hmm. well. That, you know, when you have a lot of guys stretching the field and moving the ball and running back side of the backfield that can catch, it opens up a lot more room for the tight end. So – uh, I think he's one of those guys. If we were to do a break what, breakthrough segment, I I think he's one of those guys that could easily finish a lot better than where he's being drafted. Uh, unlike the Gronk or you know some of the previous guys, I think his his ceiling is extremely high. Um, so I really like him this year. Number eleven is going to be Hunter Henry. Um, I'm expecting him to have another good year. I mean, he put together 650 yards and five touchdowns last year. He missed five games. Yeah, exactly. And I don't I don't know why he couldn't do that again. Um, I know that we like to, you know, poo-poo the quarterbacking a little bit, the situation that they have brewing down there. But uh, usually the tight end can help a bad quarterback. Mm -hmm. At least that's how I see it, if they're good, as they can do a lot of the shorter stuff and be more of a security blanket. And so I know that's kind of a crutch argument, but uh, he's obviously talented. And I think that any quarterbacks there, especially since they're going to need to get completions, is just going to use him as a safety blanket. He can have himself a nice here uh, in the midst of a pretty eh, quarterback situation so i really like hunter henry at 11 there um did you want me to do 10 since you did 10 or
1: um no we can keep it standard
0: all right so that's gonna wrap up our what was that our uh, 15 through 11
1: we have the top 10 left and um Brandon, the next question brain
0: in for a question
1: so i guess i'll ask the other one later because we're we go- neither one of us have spoken on him yet but the next one this wasn't much of a question Like i, I- I came across this when making the rankings. I was more curious on your thoughts on this. So, this is a question I actually submitted, actually oh. submitted by myself. So, oh. by the people, for the people. Probably
0: should have just said it was a random DM, but that, that was No, no, because this
1: was something I was curious about to okay. ask you. I could have found another question, but it's Hooper versus Hurst. Hooper had a great stat. who what? Hooper versus Hurst. Oh, I
0: thought you said Hooper perverts Hurst. Oh, no, no. I was like, what? <laughs> no,
1: Hooper, Austin Hooper versus okay. Hurst. Hooper... Had great stats last season, but is going to move, or, but is moving into a less ideal situation. The Browns, whereas Hurst, okay, it's scrolling too far. Nice, i got going to full screen. Whereas, I, mean, I can
0: answer it even without the second half. Of whereas
1: that. Hurst is going to be in a much more favorable situation, but had far worse stats and probably isn't as good of a talent. Who would you rather have, and why?
0: Uh, this is very easy for me. Uh, Hay- I'd much rather have Hayden Hurst. Uh, there's a reason that he's going to be mentioned in my list, and Austin Hooper's not.
1: Oh, I I hadn't heard you mention. Uh, oh, yeah, because you hadn't said him yet.
0: Okay. Um, the Browns did not utilize the tight end very much last year, and I I know Austin Hooper is good, but I just think that there's a lot of it has to do with the offense. Now, if the Browns are a completely different team, um, you know, you they, wouldn't blame them. They should be better. Yeah,
1: they, they should. It I, they but should be a different offense. They
0: do have a lot of really good receiving options. You know, not to say that – and, you know, I know that argument falls down on itself when I say, you know, that – Jarvis Landry. Or, no, no, sorry. Well, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm saying that the the opposite. Hayden Hurst is in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And they have equally as good of receiving options, essentially. But Atlanta actually uses the tight end. I know Julio was hurt a little bit last year. And I, I just think that, he, you know, Austin Hooper is not the most talented guy and I think Hayden Hurst is essentially going to, has a chance to be better than him. So I just.
1: He was described in the training camp as quietly elite. Hayden Austin Hurst? Hooper.
0: Oh. I and mean, by who? The Browns? Yeah. I mean, they can't even use OBJ. I don't know how they're going to use Austin Hooper. But uh, I, I still think, well, and, and and Joku, like you always talk about, he's supposed to be a superstar athlete. So, I mean, it's. I think that, ev- you know, uh, excuse me, Hayden Hurst has just as good of a chance to be as good physically, like talent-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, he's, an, I would consider a much better situation, given that that situation has produced results uh, quite a bit. I mean, even Tony Gonzalez, when he played there, I know that was a while ago, but I'm just saying. That's been a minute. I know, but even, it just seems like they're able to keep a fantasy relevant tight end through the Matt Ryan mm-hmm. tenure here. That's, so my long way of saying that uh, I like uh, Hayden Hurst a lot more than I like Austin Hooper. Fair enough. What about you? Um, I'm assuming based on what I've heard that you like. I had
1: had him at ranks number 15 and 14, where I had Hooper ahead of him. However, when I spoke earlier, I said that Hearst is a guy who could easily shoot up. Okay. So I'm kind of at the point where I don't really know. So I put, um, I'm like, I'm kind of iffy. I'm
0: like, like 50, 50, but Hooper showed more potential last year. So I just put him there, but I'm, I'm betting a little bit more on the situation Than I am on uh, anything. The player. Well, there you go. That was an excellent answer. Yeah, something Probably a
1: little better than mine because I'm still not all sure on it.
0: Well, it's just subjective, obviously.
1: It really is. It's very difficult to tell, at least for me. So, yeah, we already established that my number 10 was Mike Gusecki, but I've Mm. already spoken as to why, so I'll move on. Number nine, I have TJ Hawkinson. Now, (laughs) last season as a rookie, it wasn't that great. And I have written here fantastic rookie campaign. And I was watching TV as I was writing these, so I probably heard somebody say "fantastic" and just wrote it because it wasn't fantastic. I don't know
0: why it says that. Um, he was a starting. You mean you you heard somebody? I must have it, heard somebody just use the word "fantastic" okay, and just it typed it. Like in. You were watching a, a show about him. No, no, no. Or no. Something having to do. I, with I meant. Him to, like, oh, somebody thought he was great.
1: I was thinking disappointing, and I typed in "fantastic." Mm. But yeah, I'd say a relatively like maybe not disappointing, but not great, not incredible. Um, he was a starting that starting tight end last season, he showed a lot of potential, but wasn't incredible by any means. He had a very, very good first game, which was, I think, either his first or second best game of the season. Um, and they were missing Stafford for a big chunk of the year, too, which also hurt him a little bit. But I was feeling a little low on him, but then I was looking into some reports on him, and I ha- heard this quote, which got me a little excited. Oh, no. And it's a long one, and it is, no one looks as effortless when going up against Lions defenders than T.J. Hawkinson. Granted, take of a <laughs> grain of salt because it's Lions defenders. Yeah,
0: that whole quote just made me laugh because I was like, on yeah.
1: Friday, which was a few days ago, he beat the Lions' best tight end defender in Tracy Walker, Walker, excuse me, with relative ease, and he continues to get a ton of wide open catches and looks in all of the team drills. I first
0: thought was who? Yeah,
1: <laughs> so Healy seems to be. A part of their offense, because last season he kind of got lost in the mix. Where this season it seems like he's showing improvements, and they're getting him the ball.
0: So he's going to move from lost in the lost in the shuffle to lost in the sauce.
1: A little bit, yeah. I hope he doesn't, but I have him at my number nine. I certainly hope that's not what happens to him. But number eight, we have Hunter Henry, who was spoken about briefly earlier. He was number ten in receptions, nine in receiving yards. He's consistent across that front. He was fifth in completed yards and only thirty-fifth in yards after carry, which or yards after catch, excuse me, which is a little worrisome. He was number 6th in red zone receptions and number five in touchdowns, so they at least like lined up. So he's at least going to be consistent, I mm-hmm. feel. And this is all with missing five games too. So there were a couple concerns I have, and the ones where I wrote down were unknown quarterback play or maybe even disappointing quarterback play, and. Beneath that is... Maybe. Just yes, maybe. Injury history.
0: Tyrod never lets us down. Hey,
1: he's a former pro bowler.
0: Yeah, people forget. <laughs> yeah,
1: so is Vince Young. But uh, his injury history also is concerning. He missed those five games last um, season with a fracture. And I think it's fibula, if I recall. I it was one of the bones in his legs. And the year prior, I think he had a torn ACL. But other than that, he's been fine. Which, you know, saying other than other that... Other than those life-altering yeah, injuries. Yeah, other than tearing great. your ACL and breaking your leg, he was fine. But... When he played, he was good. So he, I have him at number eight. And I think, yeah, like you said, with the below average at best quarterback play, mm. having a reliable option in the tight end might help him a lot with a bunch of short um, passes, especially in a PPR league. Number seven, we have Evan Ingram. He was on track to have an elite season last year, and then he got hurt, which seems to be a relatively recurring theme of his. Uh, there were reports in camp that say he was looking as explosive as ever. So his foot injury... Doesn't seem to have slowed him down much. He was on track for 88 receptions, which is a lot, especially for a tight end. 930 yards, which is a lot, and six touchdowns, which is all right. However, on the in injury probability, a fun fact here. Oh, no. Oh, he, no. Which the injury probability is you'll miss at least, at least one game with injury. And it was all the way up to
0: 62%. Do you and have the highest percent player?
1: I could probably look at it. It's probably Danny Amendola. Okay, look it up when I'm talking. I was just um, – if it
0: was right in front of your face, I was interested.
1: And I have one more, I guess, oh. and that is Tyler Higbee. And over the last five games, Tyler Higbee was absolutely incredible. In those weeks, he averaged nine catches per game and almost earned over 100 yards per game in those five games while also getting two touchdowns. And I put in all capitals, if he <clears> can <throat> continue this campaign and keep the momentum, then he will be a top three tight end. And they put, even in brackets after that, insane potential. Ooh. So it seems like they wow. kind of started to figure him out towards the end of the year. And he was putting up easily elite numbers in the last third of the season. Because the first two season, two-thirds of the season, they didn't even give him the ball. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, he's not going to do much with that. But when they started giving him the ball, good things started happening, especially for him. So I have, like, I have him at number six. I think he has potential to be the biggest sleeper in here. because. Oh. I'm looking at the ADP. I'm pretty sure he was getting picked around in pick eight, in round eight, and I think for a guy who could show like that, like it wasn't like oh he had two good games. He had like five in a row, really good ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, I th- and that was his first year as a starter too. I think it was because they were using Everett a lot at the beginning of the season, and then they're like oh wait, we have this guy who's a lot better than Gerald Everett. So once they started using him, he started to explode, essentially figuratively speaking, of course, mm. and yeah i i really liked what i saw from him at the end of the season and i hope that he carries that into the this season because he's the guy i want to target in my drafts with an eighth round pick i think he's more than worth that
0: no exactly um and that does that wrap yours up
1: yeah those are my 10 through six we have the top five remaining
0: thank you for telling me that i get confused where to start every single time so number 10 i have mike gasecki at number 10 um Like Brandon said, he had a really nice campaign last year with the Dolphins, the five touchdowns, the 570 yards. Um, And there's really no reason to believe he can't do that again. Uh, The situation with the quarterbacking is a little – I don't know if I want to call it worrisome. Uh, At this point, I think, for fantasy's sake, you want Ryan Fitzpatrick out over Tua, I think. And it looks like Fitz might not start the year, which obviously if he doesn't start, it's hard for me to imagine they'd bench Tua. So – Um, Because I know he was out with some personal thing. I don't think that Fitz has started the past two years though, and he's ended as the starter. Both. Yeah, but you're taking out bum quarterbacks. Like it's, two is like the guy. I don't think you're gonna take two out from Fitzpatrick, if that makes sense. I'm looking up the injury report by the way, and I can't find. I don't think it's an injury. I think he had a he like requested leave.
1: No, I mean the last question you mentioned. I can't find the number one, but Rob Gronkowski with the injury probability is ranked number two. Oh boy! <laughs> At seventy percent, not great. <laughs> <laughs> At seventy percent, uh, unrelated, but
0: but uh, yeah. So I'm, a, I, I don't know. Honestly, I'm worried about the tight end or the quarterback situation. But I think that that's kind of. If I knew Tua was starting, I might move him a spot lower, just because I'm not sure if I trust Tua to, you know. And it could work both around. ways
1: too, because like, what if Tua is significantly better? Well, yeah, I I just don't. Which isn't isn't asking much of him.
0: I don't know if I expect him to be, uh, especially right away, but that that is something that could you know could make him better or worse. And uh, also, the run games should be very greatly improved this year with Breida. And uh, what's so funny.
1: I, I, I was gonna say again, yeah, the the bar was set pretty low on
0: that. And one. and your boy Jordan, Jordan Howard. I like Jordan Howard. So I think the run game is gonna be a lot better too. So hopefully that'll open stuff up. But that could also mean that they don't pass as much. So we'll have to kind of see how that goes I
1: doubt they will because they're number four I think with like 42 attempts or well, yeah something, where which it makes like you outrageous. feel like that
0: you know he could see a reduced workload that, that was thing. what worried me but, with him uh number nine I have Dallas Goddard uh obviously if you knew Zach Ertz was going to get hurt at any point he'd be way up there but uh I mean guys putting up no- like straight numbers though with the 600 yards five touchdowns I expect him to have a- another solid season and to still keep getting better um I think he's every year he's probably going to push a little closer to Zach Ertz in terms of you know Yards and touchdowns, but I still think there's obviously gonna be a decent separation there. But I'm expecting him to have a great season as well. Uh number eight, I have Jared Cook. Uh he is just a machine every year. I feel that everybody just thinks of him as being eh for whatever reason, because his early days I don't think were all that great and he had a lot of drops. But uh I mean he had nine touchdowns last year. He was very high the year before with touchdowns and yards. Uh and again on the Saints, he's finally staying on the same team for multiple seasons. I just think he's gonna keep building on what he had last year. Uh, and produce similar results. So if I had to kind of pinpoint a guy outside the top five that I was going to say, hands down, this guy's going to, you know, put up a solid, you know, have a really high floor. I think Jared cook is a very high floor player. Still. Does
1: it worry you that he, his targets dropped by 30% or 33% from the uh, year before?
0: Uh, I mean, not, not overly, he switched teams, I guess. Uh, and also I, I just think he's going to be a big part of the offense. And like I said, he still almost had double digit touchdowns and for a tight end, that's, great so i mm-hmm. still expect him to uh have a lot of nice production and still put up good numbers he's
1: strange because he's played 10 seasons and he he's which is better over time which is, like is a which is and he has 34 touchdowns which is like three and a half mm-hmm. per season the past two seasons he's had 15 combined yeah, which he is, is he, like it went from 0 1 number. 3 4 5 3 0 1 2 and then 6 9 like back to back nice and yeah, it's strange, but he's done it twice in a row. He increased last year too, so I don't know what to think about. As that. As a
0: Packer fan, I will forever be grateful for it to him for that sideline catch against the Cowboys in the playoffs. But that's uh, we'll save that for a different day. Uh, number seven, I have Hayden Hurst. I, as we've met, we talked about a little bit earlier, I'm a big believer in his. Um, I think he's going to fill the slot that was left by Austin Hooper, potentially even better. I think he might be a better player, and so I'm just excited to see what he can good what he can do there. Excuse me. Um, There's a big role for him to fill and a lot of targets to eat up, and so I'm expecting him to have a nice workload and to really uh, uh, make his presence known there. So, uh, I mean, you have to think, too, that he was still putting up pretty good numbers, uh, even on a team that was not very good. Well, I shouldn't say not very good. On a team that he was not the starter on last season. So uh, I think that counts for something, and obviously I don't think he'd get as much usage if he was, you know, as the number two if he wasn't good. So. Uh, my number six, the last one before we hit our top five, is going to be – or is that right? Yeah, you're okay. correct. Is, and that's going to be Evan Ingram. Um, this is one I think he could – he has a chance to get even higher than this, but I think you have to bake a little risk in there because of well, the Giants, how they normally are, and because of his injury concerns. Um, I think if he's right, majority of the season, I think he's going to have another really solid season and just keep getting better with Daniel Jones. Uh, Daniel Jones should hopefully be a little better. Uh, and I, I just think that he has a really high ceiling and uh, a lot of upside there. So I really like Evan Ingram this year.
1: Well uh, said. And then well we're going to throw it
0: back to Brandon for oh. our final question.
1: And this one's coming up. Um, I might not answer it because he's coming up in my rankings very soon. But somebody asked, why are people so down on Darren Waller this year? He fin. I'm paraphrasing what he said because he had like a huge paragraph. He finished as tight end three last year. I get the Raiders added some receivers, but – well, some receivers. Yeah. Like they've essentially revamped the whole thing. But does that really plummet his production that much? Which, as I guess I'll give a half answer because I'm going to, to speak about him in a second. And I agree with this guy to an extent because obviously he's being drafted currently. Let's see. At pick 64. And that's one, two, three, four, five. I guess he's picked, He's tight end five, which I guess I think that's exactly what I have him as. No, it's not. I have him a little higher. But he's being picked in the sixth round, and based off the numbers he put up last year, he shouldn't be getting picked that far back. I will. I do want to mention that I
0: do have him as my tight end five.
1: I have him as my four. That, so, that being said, there's a huge gap between him and the three, though.
0: To answer the question, I guess. I um, think he's underrated this year. I will say that. I think a big thing with him is his touchdowns weren't that high. Mm -mm. Um, At the same
1: time, wouldn't that be encouraging, though? He's able to put a top mm, three performance up with only three touchdowns. He wasn't dependent on them. So
0: even with the new additions, I still projected him out at, I believe, at around 900 yards. But the touchdowns was, I think, still at three, around three. So I just – I think it's the, the touchdown, the lack of touchdowns. For example, Mark Andrews, like we talked about, had 10 last year. And, like, even, you know, Zach Ertz, six, Kelsey, five. Kittle 5, I'm just saying when nobody who I have ranked in front of him had anything below 5, and so I just, I don't know if there's a reason to think he's going to get a lot more touchdowns.
1: Maybe this is because I like Darren Waller um, this as isn't a player. Too, yeah, I'm not dissing. As a player, maybe this is because I like him, but I find and I guess this could also be biased too, because I, I don't see myself saying this about many people, but I find his three touchdowns encouraging almost. Because it can't get any worse. Like he could finish as a top three guy when like half of the production is at the floor. I like, got the very floor. So even next year, if he still sucks at it, he'll still be fine because of his receptions and yards. Whereas yeah, a guy like a guy like Mark Andrews, if his touchdowns get cut in half, he's significantly worse. But I still think that he has a much higher ceiling though,
0: due to that. It depends how much risk you're willing to incur. Like if you want a safe, like a safe place, I think he's a good. Like I like
1: Waller player. better than Andrews, which we'll get to in a moment. I do not but well, i guess we can use that as a perfect segue into the top five and if you're watching this in video form
0: please give us a like even if you don't agree with us still working on the thumbnails please don't comment how bad they are yeah we're working on it we don't have that. time i'm learning photoshop just give me a break I yeah, work full come time. on guys i work full time help. yeah we have jobs help enough I, of, oh what say it's it's hard to get this whole thing moving
1: it's all right if the you're thumbnails not doing aren't it perfect. But anyways, leave a like, share, and comment. And if you really hate the thumbnails, leave a comment as to how bad they are. Yeah, we appreciate every about comment.
0: It. Well, we're not going to have thumbnails. That's kind of an issue.
1: Well, comment about how you wish there was a thumbnail. Anyways, my number five, which I just alluded to in the previous segment, but for the people watching the video, the foreshadowing. they probably don't know. A very effective literary tool. Even better than Shakespeare himself. Borderline. Literary hero. Number five, we have Mark Andrews. Now, Mark Andrews was... He's being drafted, I think, as the number four tight end in most drafts in around the fourth round. And he's another one of those guys who worries me, worries me in the same way that Lamar Jackson worries me. And I know that's a scalding hot take. I don't think Lamar can throw
0: any less yards.
1: It's such it's such a scalding hot take. I almost had to take my jacket off because a lot of people he's still projected as the quarterback, too, which is fine. But the problem was last year, he threw for like 3,200 yards, which was middle of the pack. And I know he runs, which which makes up for some of that. But he was middle of the pack in yards, but number one by a ton in touchdowns. And that always worries me. Mm. And Mark Andrews is the exact same way. He had, he had 64 receptions, which was number seven. Not bad. Not great. I guess if you if you say there's 32 starting tight ends and he was number seven, obviously number seven is great. But for fantasy and for ways draft to that, it's not fantastic. But... With 64 catches, he had 10 touchdowns, which was a 16%, which means one out of every six or seven catches was a touchdown, and that worries me because I don't see Lamar having those inflated touchdown numbers for his passing as much. He might have the same amount, but he'd have to throw for a lot more yards. And I don't like a guy who – like a lot of people love seeing touchdowns, which I normally do if they're
0: consistent. Uh, yeah, everybody loves touchdowns. No, yeah, like,
1: touchdowns. but if it's consistent. Like if a guy gets 10 touchdowns every single season, you like it. But we've only seen Mark Andrews do this once, and at a 16% clip, that worries me. Oh. Especially because the um, the Ravens were 32nd in passing attempts as well. So, that that worries me. And he ranked number 7 in red zone catches, and number 1 in touchdowns, which is also worrisome. And again, he had more touchdowns than red zone catches, which, how often is that going to happen? So, I think his touchdown numbers are going to significantly drop. Whereas, even if they go from 10 to five and he still has his like 800 ish yards he'll still be a top five tight end or borderline and he'll still be like fine but just the lack of receptions worries me the lack of passing attempts worries me and the lack of like in the red zone he isn't fantastic but he still somehow has the most touchdowns which that worries me too you could also say well if he's not good in the red zone and still getting touches what if he gets better which is fine but i just don't like mark andrews that much there My number four, real quick, because I took a long time on that one. Wasn't
0: wasn't he your number four?
1: He was number five. Darren Waller is my number four. Oh, sorry. And Darren Waller, he ranked number two in catches, number two in yards, number two in yards after catch. And his offense only ranked number 24 in passing attempts. One thing I noticed, most of the top tight ends are bottom half of the passing attempts, which is strange. But I guess one could argue if you have a good tight end, you're a good team. So you don't have to – you're not down much, so you're throwing the ball more. But I just found it interesting. And – He benefited a lot of high volume and short catches, which worked perfectly in PPR leagues. I did have two concerns, and it was the lack of touchdowns, which, again, I don't see a world where he gets less than three. So I guess it keeps his floor relatively high. And the improved receiving, that can hurt and help him. One, they can move the ball better and stay on the field longer. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, maybe that'll boost the passing attempts from 24th to around, I don't know, 20 to 15. So then he might get roughly the same amount of targets we don't know exactly but i think that his yards with his yards and receptions it'll still keep his floor very high number three zach Ertz. um the eagles essentially only throw the ball to running backs and tight ends he was top 10 in every or nearly every single major statistical category for tight ends 88 catches 900 yards those are fantastic numbers they were number seven in pass attempts he was the one guy who was like the anomaly of the top five who was top half in pass attempts but he had four games with more than nine catches, which I think is significant. He is a little bit, a little bit can inconsistent on a weekly basis and has some injury history. But I like Zach at number three.
0: His big game upside is always yeah. huge.
1: Mm, he could win you a week easily. Um, George Kittle is my number two, the consensus number two. He had some bizarre stats, or maybe the single stat that was bizarre. He had a lot. For a guy who had, I think, almost a – he had 1,000 yards. He had more yards after catch than in-air yards, which I guess happens sometimes with tight ends. But for a guy who has a 1,000 yards, I found that very interesting. He's just hard to tackle. Yeah, which it's just a rarity. And he was number two in red zone catches as well, Mm -hmm. and he's obviously the best blocking tight end, which will keep him on the field every play or most plays. So I, I like George Kittle. Where he's being drafted at at number 25 compared to Kelsey's 21, I wouldn't want him. But that's just me. And my number one is the obvious um Travis Kelsey. He's the top tight end for the past four years. There's been one tight end in NFL history who has had um four or there's I have a list of I, I ruined I ruined the suspense. I was gonna say I have a list of tight ends who have had four consecutive thousand yard seasons and the list is Travis Kelsey, but I, I botched the delivery on that one. Mm. Um, please please still consider leaving that like though he was number one in catches he was number one in yards he was number one in air yards number three in yards out to carry and this was all with an injured mahomes last season and the chiefs only ranked number 18 to pass attempts too so i mean you don't think of them as a running team but it's probably because they're winning so much that they don't have to pass the ball but i like kelsey a lot this year and i don't see no reason as to why he's not the number one again
0: no exactly uh so i'll just run through mine real quick um as we mentioned uh Darren Waller is my number five. So I think we already spent a minute talking about him, but again, I'm expecting big numbers out of him. Uh, and I just think that he's going to continue doing what he did last year. Uh, I don't think the yards might be there as much, but I still think as Brandon mentioned, I think he does have, uh, some potential to have the touchdowns go up and that's something that I'd probably count on. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's a great play there. Uh, number four, I went with Mark Andrews, uh, again, we talked about his elevated touchdown numbers and how that probably is not going to be something that repeats. Um, but as we mentioned also, if that number even gets cut in half, that's still a good touchdown number for a tight end. So uh, I think he's a very high floor player and one that you're not really going to lose with, if that makes sense. He's not going to lose your, your league. And so that adds a lot of value in my personal opinion. And uh, again, he clearly has shown that he does have the high upside and the high ceiling with the 10 touchdowns. Um, and you know, they're there's a world where that just keeps happening because that's their offense works, their offense flows, they score a lot of points, and that's it's hard for defenses to cover a, an extremely good running team and a team that can also pass. So uh, I think he's going to have another monster year. Uh, my number three is going to be George Kittle. Uh, I know that's oh. going to be a surprise Ooh. of many. Um, I just, I just really like Zach Ertz this year, and I think he has a higher, at least what he's proven that he, I think he's going to end up with more touchdowns. Uh, than george kittle and that was kind of the deciding line for me as i had them ranked very close uh but again i think he's going to have another monster year i would pencil him in to be over a thousand yards receiving uh and as brandon said that his yards after catch is just pretty incredible so i think he has the chance to always break a long run or break for a touchdown and that obviously helps him out as well
1: so you will not be drafting george kittle in leagues then with him at pick 25 and guys like Ertz at 52 um
0: I have them ranked
1: very closely but I mean for the value perspective there'd be no reason for you to pick a guy 25 picks
0: earlier uh yeah not so much Okay. so yeah no I was having I guess my mind wasn't processing the question correctly yeah so that's about right um Zach Ertz is my number two I think like I said I think he's a little of my ranks one of the ones I'm a little more shaky on I don't You know, I I don't know if I'd necessarily take him at two, but I think his track record, uh, he played almost all the games last season. Uh, He has solid touchdowns, solid receptions. The big game upside is just somebody that uh, he's going to win you a couple weeks every year, not that Kittle won't. But, you know, I just think he's a great play at number two, and it's just constant every year. And I still don't think the Eagles have that great of a receiving Mm. cast. I know it's Deshaun Jackson's going to help, and that maybe might even help the tight end. Because, yeah, he's not going to be taking Kittle's targets. Er, Ertz. Ertz yeah, excuse he'll me, stretch yeah, Ertz. The,
1: He'll stretch the field yeah. where,
0: yeah, Ertz isn't
1: running fades all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's going to be something. like, oh, shoot, like, Ertz or Zach just lost all of his deep targets so, to yeah, like That's not happening. He's
0: just a very high reception and, you know, targeted and consistent. Guy. He's been yeah. very consistent as well. So, I really like him at the two. I, honestly, him and Kittle, to me, are essentially – you could flip-flop him and I wouldn't argue about it. So, uh, And then the clear-cut one, as Brandon suggested, uh, Travis Kelsey – um, I don't feel there's that much to say about him besides he's consistent. He's going to do it every year. And the Chiefs' offense was not as good as it's probably going to be this year. And so I think there's more of an argument to say he's underrated this year than anything. So I would uh, I would contemplate if we're being 100% candid. Um, if his ADP was in the first round, I would probably contemplate taking him in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, but since it's not, and I don't have to do that, you know, I would not. You know, you get him late second. I would not hesitate to take him second round. The problem Ooh. I've put myself in is that I think I'm pick ten in the twelve team league, so my second pick would be what, fourteen or fifteen or something. Yeah. Ish. So, yeah, maybe I'll see if I can trade back to somebody. Or I mean, I wouldn't even mind taking him there if he's still around. So I think he's a great play, and I think that overall he's pretty undervalued. I mean, that's you're getting almost. I mean, you're essentially getting a re- receiver one in your tight end mm-hmm. slot. So. Uh, that's a huge advantage if you're rocking him versus somebody rocking, you know, a, a six point a week guy. So uh, I'd really like him for his ADP, especially. But
1: one strange observation it seems like there aren't really any, at least for the position, clear cut, um, or every single position has a clear cut number one.
0: Yeah, I don't.
1: was like last year, it's like, oh, it's most likely Saquon, but McCaffrey and Zeke and could be up there. But everyone's like, no, it's McCaffrey
0: this year. I know I say this probably every single year. Um, It just seems like there's a lot of good depth this year. Absolutely. Like, even looking at the top 10 tight ends or even the top 12, I honestly am not uncomfortable with, like, any of them.
1: And, like, what we spoke about before the show, at least I think it was before the show with Kelsey, how last year he was, like, around pick 12, pick Mm -hmm. 13. And then last year he dropped, what, 1,300 yards, and he moved back, like, 15 spots. Yeah,
0: I don't get why he's losing – I think it's just because like back
1: then, a year older, like guys but... like Eckler moved up. He wasn't mean drafted. I'm just looking up names. Like Miles Sanders wasn't drafted before him. Eckler wasn't. Kenyon Drake wasn't. I'm um, like so they it's... all moved forward and just like because he stayed still and they all got better. Maybe it moved him down. But I'm not. I'm not positive. Yeah,
0: I don't know what happened this year. Because
1: he didn't get worse.
0: It seems like there are a lot better players on every single category. I agree. It seems very deep compared to how I normally feel. Um, I'm not sure if that's because I've researched more and I've gassed myself up, or if it's you know because there's a lot of hype for certain players or what it is. But if, it just seems like there's a lot of really good skill players. Even Austin here.
1: Eckler was a top five running back last year; he's getting picked in the second round.
0: Yeah, I, I, it just feels like there's a lot of value to be had just across the board.
1: Especially but, because there's a lot of big names like Zeke and Saquon who are automatically going to take up the top spots. So if there's some guy who has a better season than them, they mm-hmm. won't take up the top spot, but they'll still be behind them.
0: Yeah, it just feels a little strange. but Well, I think that's going to do it for us, isn't it? We don't. I, really... I think so. Well, perfect. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody again for tuning in to the Tight End episode. We will be releasing a quarterback episode, our top probably 20 quarterbacks, this Friday. Ooh. Um, so stay tuned for that. Brandon, would you like to tell the good people where they can find us?
1: I would absolutely love to. You could find us at finishfirstmedia.com. That is Finish first, spelled F-I-R-S-T, not with a number, media.com. It is the mecca. still in
0: progress Website still in It progress. is the
1: mecca of fantasy sports. Everything you need to find is on there. Believe it. There's also a YouTube channel also called Finish First Media and we also have one this dedicated specifically for this podcast called the Suit Yourself Pod and that is on YouTube where you can find video versions of this. Or if you're watching this video now, it's probably how you found it. That's just a guess though. You can find us on Apple and on Spotify as well at Suit Yourself Pod. And some friends of ours from Finish First Media are actually going to start a podcast soon. TBD. They say they are. Yes. They've been this, saying this, this a This seems time. to be a running joke because I think – because each week I think it's going to happen and something keeps coming up. However, the logo has been finished for the podcast. Oh so God. they're getting very, very close. And it's called the High Ceilings Podcast. And if you're out there looking for Dynasty content or just content in general – if you're on a walk, if you're in the car, if you're at work, etc., it's going to be a blast. Great. Yeah, that, that's about it. I kind of just ended on a – just ended abruptly. But, yeah, do you have anything else you want to add before we go?
0: Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching.
1: We'll see you on Friday.